Hello, and welcome to the 81st episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where, amongst other things, I talk about, read about, dream about, and play video games, video games, video games. Um, And I am joined tonight uh, by... Two at this point of our usual co-hosts, uh, Sarah Nixon and Jennifer Lynn, and we'll hopefully be joined by Alex Lane at some point since she was trying to hang out from the car, uh, and that didn't work out very well. And we also have a guest tonight, Stacy. Um, if I slaughter your last name, please apologize. Let me accept my apology in advance, Stacy Dito. Dedo. Dedo. Detto, Stacey Detto, um, who is going to chat with us uh, tonight about uh, all things video games. Um, uh, and I'll just give you kind of a quick heads up about Stacey, and then um, she can tell us more about herself, and as will Sarah, I suppose. I don't know which one's going to do which. Uh, but Stacey's a, a localization editor and a localization writer and editor, right? Mm-hmm. That's a proper title yep. uh, for Nintendo. Right? And yes. so we will try to show manners, um, good manners anyway, because <laughs> there are all kinds of manners to show, but good manners. Um, and start with you, Stacy. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, you are so sweet. Um, yeah, hi, my name is Stacy Detto. I have been working with Nintendo for about five years, and before that, I was doing entertainment television and TV writing. Which was really great, but when I moved out to Seattle, um, I really wanted to find a fun, exciting job and a really good industry to work in, and they don't really have TV out here in Seattle. My mother-in-law worked for Nintendo um, in credit, and she said, you have to work for Nintendo, and I said, well, what in the world would I do for Nintendo? I'm a writer, and I'm like, you know, what sort of things do they have to write? And I applied for a contract position on Style Savvy, which was a fashion business sim RPG from 2009, if you remember, for the uh, DSi. Mm -hmm. And I really lucked out in getting the job because I was like, I can do this. Like, I've worked with big groups of writers before, which is something that you really need to do. And I was really good at writing dialogue because I had written for TV before. Um... But it was the whole idea of localizing a game, which essentially, at Nintendo, most of our games are developed in Japan. So when we want to bring them out to a North American audience, we have to not only translate the text, but rewrite that translated rough text into culturalized, perfectly written English. So mm-hmm. I like as an example, I worked on the most recent Animal Crossing New Leaf. And you can translate a joke about tofu and kimchi, but even if it's been translated from the original Japanese, like an American audience is not going to get what's funny about that joke because it might be an item that they're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. And so instead of tofu and kimchi, we would have to come up with a cultural equivalent of that. So we might say, you know, black beans and ice cream or something that our audience would be more familiar with and actually come up with a joke that's going to strike the same chords that the original Japanese developers meant to strike. And when we get a chance, you know, we want to help improve the games as well. Sometimes um, 
you know, a game will be released in Japan and then it gets a later release in North America. So we can actually make suggestions on little ways to improve the game. Cool. Are you fluent in Japanese? I'm kimchi, so. <laughs> I am not. That's probably the number one question I get. I'm not actually fluent in Japanese. I know, like, Konnichiwa and <laughs> count to, like, three. <laughs> um, and I'm picking up a little bit more here and there. But luckily, we have the most amazing translators that could literally do my job as well. Um, they're such good writers, and they know the culture so well that they take the original Japanese text, and then they translate that into what we call rough English, but really their English is really polished. Um, and then I get to take that text and work my magic with it. Awesome. Yeah. So it's a multi-step process, and it's not something that all video game companies do. Nintendo mm -hmm. sort of became known for their localization department and all the work that we put into uh, each individual game, as opposed to just, like, running the text through a machine translator. You know, we have real human people working on these games for... I mean, Animal Crossing took, like, at least a year? At least a year of writing. I know there was more... It was even longer when you talk about full production schedule. Nice. Okay. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Who are you, um. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Sarah. I am a recent graduate from Purdue University um, with an undergraduate degree in creative writing and professional writing. Um, and I am looking to get into the gaming industry. Uh, I haven't found anything yet, but finally starting to get some nibbles, so I'm excited about that. Um, I'll just basically doing whatever it takes to get in at the moment. <laughs> Okay. I'll go. Yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm Jen Justice. I am a, oh, I'm a second year PhD student now. Yes, this is you a new are now. <laughs> <laughs> Second year PhD student at Purdue. Um, a former middle school teacher who has decided that I am crazy enough to go for a doctorate. Yay. <laughs> um, I love video games mostly in uh, RPGs, but I'm especially interested in how games can be used in the classroom. There's something. There's like a. There's like a trend going because you're you're the former middle school teacher. I'm the former elementary school teacher. But you know, we all end up kind of on this crazy boat. I know. Um, well, technically, I was an L. Ed. major. <laughs> I just, <laughs> there weren't any elementary positions open, so I went middle school. <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked you this, but what are you wanting to do after you get your PhD? Then I want to teach at the college level. Oh, okay. I, I absolutely love working with freshman English. I know that's a that's a difficult dream once you have the pay grade of, of doctorate, but, but it's it's one of my favorite things to do, so. Good yeah. for you. Undergrads are fun. They are. They really are. I really like them. They like to fight you on why English is cool, and I find that amusing. And <laughs> See if you still say that in 20 years. <laughs> Hey, it's been seven. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's we'll go through our usual: what you what you play, and what you read, and what you drinking. Those are our fun questions, and then we'll get into some other stuff. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I, she's complaining because she can still hear me through her headphones. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm being chastised for talking too loud, apparently. And um, 
so we'll start with we'll start with you, Stacy. What are you playing? Um, I'm probably gonna get fired for admitting this, but I'm playing Candy Crush like it's going out of style tomorrow. Um, Me I, too. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's it's, it's almost a shameful thing, um, but I'm more addicted to Candy Crush than I've been to a game in a long time. Um, but what I'm what I'm also playing for work, which I can mention, is the new Smash Brothers for the Wii U. Uh, <laughs> Whenever I want. Do they let you take it home then and play? No, not now. No, I. Oh. The office I work in, like you have to have um, security cards even within Nintendo to get into our section of the office. Um, and it's a really tight knit group. So if someone walked in that we didn't recognize, we would jump on them and be like, "Get out of here!" Um, <laughs> but since we all have, you know, games up on our monitors and things, it it has to be a really. Um, like non-disclosure type area, so mm -hmm. I have to keep it at work, but I do get to, like, I t <laughs> in the uh, the weeks leading up to E3 a couple weeks ago, I was demoing all the games for the Wii U that we were showing. So I had about ten games that I had to learn well enough to demo, um, and I would stay late and play Bayonetta two until midnight and be like, sorry, honey, <laughs> you got to take care of the kids. I have to stay late at work and play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would mind that. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. And, and we talked about this last week because um, Wendy's not here. But, yeah, with Super Smash Brothers, I t the Amiibo, that's going to drive me crazy. I I'm going to lose my mind on those. They are going to be such adorable, collectible figures, and I can't wait to see how they really interact with the games. I think we saw a little bit of it with the Nintendo Direct from E3, just a little bit of it, but I'm sure they're going to be releasing more information in video as we get closer to the holidays. I am so anxious for that because I, I've already gone through the Skylanders and I've gone through the Disney Infinity figures. Um, so now I'm just like waiting. I'm like, I'm not buying any more Infinity figures. I'm saving all my money for these. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. <laughs> no, well, um, I'm glad you like the Infinity ones too. And the Skylanders. That's awesome. Yeah. See, because I got a six year old. So she's, you know, she's going to be all over that. Nice. <clears throat> Get them started early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. She she picked up. Okay. Here's, a, here's, another, here's another kind of plug for Nintendo. Um, on kind of ease of use because I've played the DS a, a lot since it since it's come out since I've because I've had every iteration of the DS since it's come out. But um, when she was about 18 months old, I'm trying to think of which one it was. It must have been the DS because it was a turquoise one, so it was either the DS Lite or the DSi, one of the two. Um, and I was playing Scribble Knots like constantly. Um, and I had put the DS down on the sofa, and I had walked I had walked away to like grab something, and I came back, and she was actually playing scribble knots, not putting in words, of course, but oh. like walking Maxwell all over to like see things. She had the little <laughs> pen in her hand, and she was just it was the cutest thing. It's like yeah, so she's she's been a a, a gamer for a real long time, because at that point I knew 
that you know, I was like, okay, you're 18 months old and you already figured this out. You're um, ready. <laughs> I'm actually trying to figure out what games to first introduce to the three and a half year old. Um, I've been playing Super Mario World, Super Mario 3D World, which is another mm -hmm. one that I'm playing right now. And she seems really interested in like mm -hmm. taking control of Mario. I think the idea of you know an RPG where she gets to take control of someone else and be that yeah. character is really interesting to her right now. Yeah. See, P was... Oh, P actually played and finished... Um, it's not a Nintendo product. I apologize in advance. Um, Nino <laughs> Kuni on the PlayStation when... Because that came out... What, so she was four. Ow. And she, we played it one hour at a time, but she put in 120 hours of that game. Wow. <laughs> she's, she's pretty hardcore for a little one, I'm telling you. <laughs> Especially when you when you only get an hour at a time, right? An hour a day. It took us it took us months, but she finally finished it, and she was so Fine. proud of herself. When she finished it, she looked. I was tucking her in one night, and she's like, "Mama, remember when we were playing Nino Cooney? I was like, "Yeah, that was like last week." She's yeah. like, "Can we start it again?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, who else is playing something interesting? Sarah, Jane, what are you guys playing? Um, I guess I'll go. Um, I've been playing a lot of various things. I finished uh, Murdered Soul Suspect a while back, um, but I feel like it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, so I can remember when I stopped playing that. But I finished that, and I finished. I actually finished finished Bravely Default. Um, nice. So Nicely done. I know. I took I took the time to go through. I don't know if you not you Sam, JC, but I took no. the time to go through and redo uh, everything, every level. So it took me quite a while um, and level up everybody to their maximum. But I finished it. Wow. Good <laughs> uh, job. <laughs> thank you. You um, are better than me. You are a better gamer <laughs> than me, Sarah. No, I'm just I'm just a completionist. <laughs> I'm taking a hiatus. I am I am halfway through my second playthrough. And I told her because I told her round. that oh Sam, like you're not gonna like this. You're gonna have to beat all the same bosses over and over and over again multiple times. And she was just like, not having that. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I kind of like made her go into hiatus, I guess. Spoiled her, spoiled her and tried it. I don't know. Well, you don't know. No, I still tried. I still said I was gonna do it after that. I was like, I was like determined. And I swear, like about halfway through that second playthrough, I was like, okay, I give up. I, I just can't right now. So I went back to start and play a Luigi's Mansion again. <laughs> and that's what I. Yeah, and that's what I've been playing. I was like, I, I maybe maybe after I'm done with Luigi's Mansion, I'll go back and and finish it. But right now, I I need a break from Bravely Default. <laughs> I actually recently started picking back. I picked back up Animal Crossing New Leaf, ironically, um, <laughs> which I hadn't have I I hadn't have like attended to my town in like four months. But it wasn't. It didn't actually look as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I think that's just because I I do the beautiful town ordinance, so I don't get that many weeds and stuff. Oh, so it yeah. didn't look that bad. And they were they were only kind of mad at me for not coming back or for not checking <laughs> in. Uh, but I'm trying. I don't know. I like got a second win for the game. So now I'm like trying to uh, really 
intensify my town. Because I don't know if you've seen people who, uh, a lot of people, you can create additional characters to exist in your town. Um, I've done so that. You, you can have like a maximum of three. And so I mm -hmm. created three new ones because uh, a lot of people make paths and like decorations and stuff. And you can only keep like a certain amount of decorations per person. So people create additional characters so they can hold more of the um, paths and codes and stuff to make their town really nice. And so I've mm -hmm. been training up my three people so they can hold paths and so I can create like a really intense beautiful town. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't have the beautiful town ordinance and I haven't played in so long. I'm sure my townspeople have like snipers laying in wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> they get kind of angry. Make sure you play over 4th of July because Animal Crossings, of course, are super fun to play over the holidays because you only get to see those once-a-year messages that we work mm -hmm. so hard on knowing that, like, <laughs> only a tenth, you know, of the people that are playing the game are actually going to catch this message on this day. So yeah. those are the messages yeah. we put a lot of flavor and character into because we know people will only see them once in a while. Yeah, it makes me kind of sad that we don't get all the Japanese holidays. Like, I understand why we don't, but mm -hmm. I, a lot of the ones, because um, I went to Japan when I was in high school, and that was during the Tanabata Festival. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of like, oh, I wish we got the Tanabata Festival. And like, so <laughs> I understand why not, but it's like, oh, I wonder what happens that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny, like, when we have to consider how much... Japanese culture to leave in a game because I think a lot of gamers really appreciate the fact that the games originated in Japan and you know mm -hmm. they're interested in more about that culture as well so there's this sort of fine line between we want everyone in our culture to be able to understand it versus you know we want to be able to throw in these fun little things um, for Style Savvy 2 on which I was the lead writer they had available men's kimono for um, for the the men to dress in, and we were discussing whether or not we should just get rid of those because we're like no one in North America is going to dress up in a kimono. And I was like, yeah, but we have the option. Like it's already there. It's not going to hurt us to leave it in. So let's leave it in in case someone wants to wear a kimono. And luckily, we were able to leave it in. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like you don't have to take it away. It's already there. So let's leave it in. So hopefully yeah, I mean, someone out there dressed in a kimono. <laughs> it's like at worst, you know, people don't know exactly what it is, but they might dress in it anyway. And then at best, the people who are more familiar with Japanese culture and things like that would be like, oh, like, you know, they know what this is and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. that's fun. Um, but then my last game I've been playing, which I just started today, um, was Val is Valiant Hearts. It's that oh. one that they showed at E3 with the, yes. the dog and the war stories from World War One. Oh, no. oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> oh, no one, no one's. I've, I'm only on. I only just finished chapter one, but nobody's died yet. Um, oh. But I feel like it's a war. It's a World War One story, so I feel like somebody is gonna die. Puppies oh, are yeah. gonna die. But, but the dog is so cute, and I'm like, don't die, dog, please. Oh, he, he's gone already. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he has to be around to tell the stories. <laughs> I, that is my thing. I, it's I'm a ghost I'm dog telling this. the stories. No. <laughs> no. In one, in one part, he gets, like, the dog gets, like, stuck in, um, uh, what do they call that? 
but the like the barbed wiring that they set up like at wars and sometimes oh. and so the guy like rescues him from the barbed wiring and it's like oh dog <laughs> he's okay though I don't think I could handle that game it's nice and it's really um, and I'm doing my power on it, on it tomorrow so I won't I won't be like too extensive but they yeah no include, spoilers because I'm gonna play that one <laughs> no I'm and I'm not that far along anyway um, but they have they include a like historical facts so like as you go through certain events, um, you'll get like a little information that you can go look in your menu and it, it describes what happened on that date, like that battle or this instance. And then it has every now and again you'll um, encounter letters from soldiers. And I'm not sure, I feel like I heard that they were using real letters or maybe that they were just inspired by real letters. I was going to say, um, I, heard, so you, I think I heard something similar. Like letters and. And it's fun, and they're from, like, you. I think I've gotten one from, like, a French soldier and then one from, like, a German soldier and one from, like, a, a Canadian soldier. And the German one was, like, um, like it was at the start, but it was when Germany was um, campaigning fairly well and getting, uh, advancing really far into France. And it was, like, a, a man had sent his family home and it was, like, what souvenirs do you want me to get? And it was, like, that's really inappropriate for a war, but it's, like, but I guess you're on the Germany side, so I guess that makes sense. But then in the Canadian one, it was like um, he had written um, like something like, I'm going to make Canada proud um, in this war. Like, Canada's going to leave a mark in this war or something like that. I was like, oh. <laughs> so it's really... So it's very historical and like everything is based on real dates. Like they have the specific dates and you find they have hidden items and the items you find are like items that they use in the war or those letters or something along that line. Um, so that's cool. Like, it's, it is also educational at the same time. So that's fun. Can that's I really throw a shout-out for a game called, um, that I learned about at GDC this year at the Game Developers Convention? Um, it was called 1979 Revolution, which is about the Iranian Revolution. And it's similar to that. It's going to be um, released... For PC or maybe for like an app, like an Android app, plus like graphic novels and stuff, but it tells the story of the revolution as well. And they just really went into the detail of how, uh, like the history and everything, and how they tried to make it as real as possible. And I think that's probably coming out next year. That just was a really cool one to keep your eyes out for. Yeah, it's nice. Cool. <laughs> I think it's nice, like with that, and then also with Valiant Hearts, is that they it's like a game about war. But it's not in any means like the, oh, combat, like, you know, we're a hero going into combat kind of war kind of thing. It's basically the stories are, are the personal ones, like the man trying to get revenge or the um, man who his, his, he lived with his daughter and his daughter's uh, husband was uh, from Germany and he had to get sent back home to Germany to serve in the German forces. And then the father gets sent off into the French forces and the he encounters um, the German uh, fiance out spoiler on the time. battlefield, and so he's trying to find him. No, it's like in the very beginning. It's it's not a spoiler. <laughs> but yeah, so I, it's it's really neat, and the art style is really great. Um, yeah, yeah, the art so, looks so gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to play that one. What's this one called again? Uh, Valiant Hearts. Yeah, Valiant Hearts. Okay, cool. It's by um, Ubisoft. It's like Ubi Art, I think, is what they call it. They're like, it's like, like they're in, they're they're pseudo indie. indie. Yeah, kind of yeah. indie like branch 
Nice. Because they did Child of Light. Yeah, right? it's, oh, and it's very it and it's very Child of Lighty, only different kind Without of the rhyming? Without everything rhyming? No, no rhyming. Yes, there's no rhyming. <laughs> so I don't have to think about, about that, is what that. you're saying. No. <laughs> okay, Thanks, well, um, Sarah, do you have any more? Oh, no, you can go ahead now. Okay, I'll go ahead and go. Um, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, too, uh, because the last time I was on a wonderful um, but very, very long uh, road trip over to Seattle. Um, and so Sam very, very kindly lended me a few, uh, few games for the DS and the 3DS because I was going to be stuck on a train for a total of five days. Because um, I took the, the train two and a half days from Chicago to Seattle and then two and a half days back from San Diego to Chicago. So wow. it was a it was a fun it was a fun trip, but it was a very taxing trip. Um, yeah. So <laughs> during that time, I played a lot of 3DS, um, mostly Harvest Moon uh, at first, A Tale of Two Towns, and was getting so frustrated with it. Um, <laughs> very very repetitive game and yet I was so determined to try and make progress in this thing um, so I think most of the trip I was playing that and then switched over to uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time because it's a classic and amazing and it needed to be played um, and then I have been playing Sam's favorite game Minecraft um, oh but I all <laughs> I love you. Um, but I also started uh, Tomb Raider. I know I am crazy far behind, but actually uh, playing that for the PS3 and really, really loving that. Um, I haven't made it super far in, but really liking what I've seen so far. And then I played two kind of indie games um, off of Steam. Uh, I got one off of the Steam Summer Sale, and then the other... Um, I got a, a little bit ago because it was like two or three dollars. It was a little point-and-click adventure, and the point-and-click adventure one I'm actually hoping to blog about. It's called Richard and Alice, and it's a really fascinating little story about um, a man and a woman who are locked in prison cells after the world's basically gone into a mini ice age, and so they're all alone in this prison and think and the guards aren't showing up and the temperature crashes and they realize they have to get out but it's their story um, as as they're getting to know each other and as they're figuring out what to do and it's just it's a very interesting look um, especially in the portrayal of Alice and her son and how she ended up where she is See, um, that already just makes me think that's not gonna end well <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's that's its own thing but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam, don't play this one. <laughs> um, but it is, it is an interesting little game, and it doesn't take very long. It was only a couple hours to get through. Um, and then there's, I, I already did my Power Hour review on it, so I won't go into it, but a, a game I found during the summer sale called Remember Me, and it was oh, yeah. uh, almost Mirror's Edge-like. Uh, movement was very, very similar, very parkour-esque. Um, female uh, protagonist, um, the narrative was a little bit rocky at the start, but the gameplay is just gorgeous. And it has this really cool game mechanic of 
the main character um, has the ability to remix somebody's memories. So she's part of a group of people who have the ability to steal memories or to capture memories, like they can go into somebody's mind and take the memory, but she has the ability to actually change it. And so there's a mini game, basically, where you have to rewind through the memory and change different things and see how they affect the playback until you get the, the desired outcome. Wow. So you can change things that don't actually get the result that you want. Um, and it'll let you do it as many times as you need to, but you can always see how like they how these different elements interact and how they change the memory, and that was really fun to play with. Um, so that was a that was a cool fun find, and it was like fifteen dollars because of the sale. It was pretty great. Yeah. So. So see, I didn't like that game. No, well, <laughs> yeah, I haven't we, gotten we, very far. Sarah and I, I think Sarah and I argued about that game a lot. We talked about it, yeah, a lot when it came out. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's fine. Some people do, but I didn't. <laughs> I like. I just. I like the idea of the remixing. I thought that was really cool. I was having issues with the actual story storyline, but I haven't gotten far enough in it to really have a definitive opinion yet. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate people trying to make strides with the sort of emergent narrative. Mm -hmm. um, just doing something different and really exploring what you can do with video games. And right. like you said, you know, maybe the narrative is a little bit rocky, but the next game that tries to do something like that might Could nail it. Really awesome with it, yeah. Was that for PC? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't was, um, think it's on PC anything else. And, no, it is. It was it's, on... Because yeah, um, I played it on PS3. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I played it on PC and PlayStation. I think I don't think it was ever on Xbox. I don't know. I might okay. be wrong. I have to look it up. Um. Yeah. Now I gotta look it up. It's gonna drive me crazy if I don't know. <laughs> now I might have to get a PlayStation. I have like everything but a PlayStation. Oh, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with PC gaming. <laughs> yeah. Well. You're bad at keyboard controls. Like me. <laughs> oh no, it, it was on the 360 too. So it was PlayStation okay. 360 uh, and uh, Windows. Yeah, I didn't oh. realize. See, I think I played it on PlayStation, so I was pretty sure it didn't come out for anything else. Because mm. you know, I I have I you know I go cross platform all the time, but you know I I still have a love for the Xbox controller. So if it's oh, on Xbox, really? I always yeah I always buy an Xbox. I'm like the I'm like the opposite. Yeah, I'm so happy yeah. now that I can play the Tomb Raider on on PS because trying to do it on the Xbox was just screwing with my mind. Hit X. <laughs> Why is this not working? <laughs> I'm hitting X. <laughs> I'm hitting X. Damn. Oh wait. Like wrong X. Wrong X. <laughs> that, that's not X. That's square. <laughs> right. Okay. So I guess it's my turn. Um, I've been playing. I only put a couple things on our show notes list um, because most of the stuff that I've been playing is stuff that I was already playing. I haven't really started anything new, which is pretty strange for me. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I actually was playing some um, kind of classic stuff on the DS because you know I was I was one of the I was one of the uh, 
early adopters on the 3DS. So <laughs> when the big price drop happened, I was in the Ambassadors Club and got all like the free classic games. Nice. So I had gone back and I was buy playing a bunch of the old classic games, like like the old uh, Yoshi's Island and um, oh. Zelda Four Swords, and just kind of playing around with some of the old classic stuff just for fun. Um, and, I'll throw but, uh, here a mention, like, if you are not already a part of Club Nintendo, join Club Nintendo. I am. <laughs> so many super cool things. Yeah, you can even convince friends who aren't on Club Nintendo to be like, here, just give me your packaging so I can now go ahead. <laughs> your packaging. You don't have to do anything. You don't want to join that stupid club. Just give me no, your packaging. Club Nintendo, no, just give me your packaging. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, see, what, but also what I discovered is that um, with Club Nintendo, you cannot um, claim the same game twice. Yes, this is true. Because I, I end up buying two cartridges for certain games to play right. with P, mm -hmm. and they were like, no, you only get points for first one. And I'm like, really? But I bought yeah, two. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> That's like that was what was nice about Pokemon X and Y. I buy one, I buy X for me and Y for Dan, and it's two different ones. <laughs> well, so now she has her own Club Nintendo account. So, <laughs> um, so I've been playing a lot of the old classic stuff, and and then I also, like I said, went back to Luigi's Mansion, um, and I've been still playing Luigi's Mansion just because it's such a fun little game. Um, and I get stuck sometimes, and then I'm like crazy. I'm like, I can't do this because I need 44, whatever, <clears throat> and I only have 39, and I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then it's like so frustrating because it sends you back to the very beginning. It's like, okay, start over again with zero. And I'm like, no, I had 39. Just let me go back and find the last five. <laughs> um, and I keep, and I like scream, and I like curse and I'm like why am I playing this game and I'm like yeah but it's fun so I'm going to play it again anyway <laughs> <clears throat> um, so yeah playing a lot of Luigi's Mansion um, and sometimes it was it was like like totally there was one time that it, like there was one thing that I had to collect 44 something and I remember specifically that it was 44 and I had collected 43 of them Oh, and my no. mother came out, because my mother was visiting, and my mother came out and started to talk to me. You're like, shut the hell up, mother! <laughs> well, I wanted to, right? But I didn't want to be rude, so I just put the game down and started talking to her. And then I realized when I heard the music that I hadn't closed it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And so the came out and killed me. <laughs> oh Sam I know it was really sad I was really really sad then um, gotta push the home button Sam push the home <laughs> button and pause it <laughs> all I had to do is, all I had to do is like shut you just shut it just like click it's yep. shut you know yeah. But I, like I said, I didn't I didn't even think she came out and started talking to me and I just set it down on, next to me on the couch and I didn't realize until I heard the music that I was dead <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I only had one more. I've been trying this level for like an hour, and I only oh. had one more. <laughs> oh. And my mother was like, did I do that? I was like, no. <laughs> oh, oh. Put it this way, though. Better manners than me, because I grew up just, okay, they'd be talking, and I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> 
Um, what else have I been playing? Oh, I also, uh, because it was uh, free last month on PS Plus, was playing Mutant Muds. What is it? Mutant Muds Attack or whatever. The platformer on uh, on the Vita. Okay. Um, that's, a, that's another very unforgiving game. <laughs> um, and I'm playing it and I'm like, this game is like either ridiculously stupid or ridiculously hard. Um, or I'm just, because I'm not that bad at platformers. Mm-hmm. Um and I've only cleared like the first two levels, and I played that game like two days, and I was like, okay, I give up. Um, but I keep going back to it because I'm like trying to. And then I figured out that there is also kind of like the um, the dark alternate level. So for every level you clear on the light side, you can click over to the dark alternate level and clear a level on the other side too. So that just made it even more horrifying and difficult and terrible and addictive. Um, <laughs> of course. So, yeah. So I've been playing that a lot, and I was also playing oh the other crazy platformer on that was uh, on Vita was Clone Clone not Clone Wars <clears throat> whatever it's called where you get like these little clone dudes and you have to lead them through um, you have to lead them through you know levels of course. Um, I'm trying to find the title. It was it was stealth, uh, stealth Inc. A Clone in the Dark is what it was, um, and I was I've been playing that because um, that was free on I think PS Plus last month too. Um, yeah, so that's about. I've been playing lots of handheld games lately um, and having some fun with that. I want to play Valiant Hearts. Um, I put it off when it first came out because I was like, it's going to make me sad because they're going to kill the dog. And, and I, I don't already, know they're going to kill the dog. I, I know. They're going to well, kill I the mean, dog. Well, I mean, is the dog <laughs> the protagonist in this story? They're not going to kill the dog. They're going to kill the dog. They're going to kill the Because well, we, we've been talking about this a lot lately, Stacey. You can tell me what you think about this is that there's been this huge shift lately in that in every game, they got to kill a kid. <laughs> and I have real problems with this. Is that you know what, isn't it amazing how after you have a kid, suddenly movies where kids get killed, you're like, that's not funny anymore. Right. <laughs> when babies die, but suddenly you have one, you're like, no, that's not cool. Don't do right. that. Right. It's, it's not just that it's not funny or not cool, but you actually sit there like I do, and I'm like. I'm going to cry now because that's like really sad because that could be my kid. Um, yeah. So I was I was at home on maternity leave with my first when I picked up BioShock for the first time. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. No. oh my god, these poor little girls running around this scary <laughs> rapture place. What's going on? No. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I never harvested a little sister. I never harvested a little sister. Didn't play Bioshock 2 at all because it was too child molestery. <laughs> I prefer my games not child molesty. That's true. Yeah, that's usually a plus. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that covers us all for what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anybody reading anything interesting this week? Fun stuff? Interesting stuff? I am reading the third Game of Thrones book. Which one's that? I'm sure someone knows. The third Game of Thrones book. Start reading those. I read it, yeah. (laughs) One of the 
things. But anyway, if I don't know, if you're if you're watching the show, reading the book has been a lot of fun coming up behind it reading the book. So when I have the time, that's what I'm reading. Very cool. Nice. I am diving back into House of Leaves. So apparently I'm a glutton for punishment, but uh, if you guys don't know um, House of Leaves, it is a crazy academic-y horror novel um, that is supposed, it's, it's like layered. Uh, you have a documentary of this very scary weird house that no copies exist of this documentary. The only real evidence of it are it is this paper written by uh, this guy Zafano who wrote this massive academic analysis of it. It's basically like a dissertation level like length um, analysis of this documentary with all of these sources talking about this documentary that don't actually exist and you can't find any of them and then there's the guy who found the dissertation basically after Zafano died and his commentary on it mm. and it's it's all through like the, the base text, the footnotes, the commentary back and forth and then as you get further into the story like I haven't read it yet but you can even just see the visual difference because text starts going sideways or it goes in like this weird spiral maze thing and it does E.E. E. Cummings gymnastics across the page like all kinds of crazy things and they start bringing in color uh, different colors for different words so right now house is being coded as blue where everything else is normal text so I mean, it's an expensive book because it is, it's a typographic wonder, um, but it's just a really cool way of re-envisioning what a novel can do. So I'm, I'm just getting to the point where it's starting to get scary, so we'll, we'll see how I do with it. Me and horror, not good friends, but well, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. That sounds funny because as you said that, Sam walked behind your head and it actually looked like yeah. an arm was going behind you. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the hell she just thought up, but uh, here it comes. He likes to be scary. Autumn was scared of him uh, yesterday. Oh. Have you heard of a book called S? Um, it came out, I think, last year. J.J. Abrams wrote it. It was surprisingly like low-key, not a lot of information on it, but it's it's like that, where that it's a book and that, like, two students that are uh, studying the writer were leaving notes for each other within the book. So you're reading the base text, plus their notes to each other, plus a later version of their notes to each yep. other after the first round of notes goes through. <laughs> and I'm struggling through this because... I only have like maybe 15, 20 minutes to read at a time before children start screaming. And I don't know whether to like just read it through once to get the base story and then read it with the notes included. Like there are different ways yeah. to read books. Yeah, this one you could read very differently too. So it's right now I'm just doing a straight read through, but I'm going to have to check that one out. That sounds really cool. So far, I really like it. It sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I can tell you what I'm reading. Um, and I blame you for this, Jennifer. Yes. Um, because the, <laughs> the Van Zant books, 
Um, yes. You had, you had introduced me to one a while ago, um, mm -hmm. and I had read that one, and then, and I started reading this one actually last week, um, and because I'm reading it to P and with P, uh, it's it's taken a while to read it, even though I keep skipping ahead a little bit, um, <laughs> because when I'm reading, you know, especially when I'm reading YA stuff, I have to read ahead because I have to know what's coming, because I, I change things on the fly. Right. <laughs> I'm not really good at that. As like I can actually like in, not one either anticipate what's coming or read ahead kind of visually while I'm reading um, kind of out loud and mm -hmm. I start to change a sentence as I'm reading it. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, the mom's not dead in Nino Cooney. <laughs> no, she's she still doesn't know that one. Um, <laughs> oh my. Yeah, that took a, that took some um, reinterpretation at several different points. Um, <laughs> and just when you think you don't have to reinterpret that anymore, it's like near the end of the game when uh, the antagonist, um, spoilers, switches his <laughs> sides and joins up with the um, mom who in the alternate world is a sage. Um, and it comes out that she's actually um, not with us anymore. <laughs> it's like, Olewa, how do I change this? Mute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I didn't. I didn't mute it because they, they 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 never say it outright, and that's one of okay. the things that I really like about that game is that they never say, you know, they never say, you know, dead. That. Um, even when you even when you beat you defeat the bad guys, um, the fairy says they've gone to a better place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it makes that that much better. But um, so the Van Zandt book that I've been reading to pee is Deadly Pink. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever read that one. So it's I about haven't. a little girl who has to, and I and I talked about this one last week. But it's a, about a little girl who has to go in and save her sister who is interning. Um, at Rasmussen, you probably know that one. That's the the big um, right. virtual reality the big games company. company. Yeah. yeah, so she's interning with them, um, and she's gone into one of their big virtual reality open world games, um, mm -hmm. and disengaged all the all the uh, safety features. So and she's not coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so she has to go in and figure out why her sister's still in there, um, and uh, why she hasn't come out. And try to wow. get her out and talk her out. Yeah. What's that one called? Deadly Pink. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know she had other others in that world. That's cool. Oh yeah, she's got a ton of them. Oh, I'll definitely have to check that out. And they've got they've got different oh, and they've got different uh, they've got different uh, protagonists uh, protagonists. Some are male, some are female. Hello there, cutie. <laughs> Precious thing. She's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> She's crying for some reason. Yeah. I went to um to E3 like two, three weeks ago, and the children have not gotten over it yet. Oh. Like, oh. The room. They're like, you're going to go for a week. I'm like, no, I swear. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna pay for that one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> 
It's worth it. It's worth it. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> hi, guys. Say hi. 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 <laughs> oh. Oh. You can even swear in front of this one. I know they're still. I like it when they're still that young. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about any of the horrible things I do. <laughs> oh, all right. Anybody else reading anything interesting? Sarah's like, no, I'm out of school. I'm not reading anything. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> I'm done with school. I don't read anymore. <laughs> okay, so here's the fun part. Pick a boom boom. It's about the alphabet. It's really oh, awesome. Yeah. I know that one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here's a fun question. What are we drinking, folks? Oh, goodness. <laughs> As Sam drinks from her red Solo cup. It's not. It's um, the pink it's, Solo cup. It's pinky purple, yeah. See? Magenta. <laughs> Magenta Solo cup. Uh, my baby is trying to get a bottle of water and vodka. Good baby. <laughs> Good nice. Baby. It's just water. Sure, just, just, just water. Mix it into the water bottle. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, is it sparkling water and vodka? or? It is. It's. I don't know if you guys have Safeway uh, where you are, but Safeway makes the best brand of sparkle water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they just take it from me. They just take it. I never take <laughs> water on my own anymore. Oh, no. No, all of us. <laughs> well, I will tell what I'm drinking because, you know, it is the uh, unofficial drink of the podcast. Why? Because I've been drinking it for three years. Um, <laughs> it is, of course, a sneaky sneaky in a pinky purple uh, solo cup. <laughs> and it's actually an official solo cup. No, it's not. It's a hefty cup. Oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> Oh, another intruder. Oh, no. <laughs> this is Lucy. Lucy, what's your favorite video game? Um, Mario. Mario. Oh, that's, good deal. that's a good one. Good girl. Smart baby. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when you met Mario at the Halloween party last year? Yeah. Yeah, at Nintendo they do Halloween like crazy, and Mario was there, so Lucy gets to meet him. I oh, bet they that do. is very cool. Oh. It's oh my cool. god! All right, she would like lose her mind. <laughs> <laughs> we all just need to work in Nintendo. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> Everybody go work in Nintendo. <laughs> the best place I've ever worked. Like I really do hope to be there for a long time. It's very family friendly, which is that's nice. wonderful. Ah. <laughs> All right, Sarah, what you drinking? Um, uh, it is a Mike's hard lemonade, but it's peach. Ooh, fancy! <laughs> I approve, even if Sam doesn't. <laughs> I can't say anything. At least I'm not drinking out of the spigot this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to explain this one. So Stacy doesn't think I'm totally insane. I was at the store and I saw this. It was a bag of um oh what's the coconut rum company Myers that makes the coconut rum the like the kind of standard coconut rum. They had uh, a Malibu. 
Oh, was it Malibu? I have a new bo a new a new bag, but Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, a bag of they call them Caribbean Cosmos, so it was coconut rum and fruit juice and and all kinds of stuff, and they just put it in a bag and they stuck a spigot in it so you can <laughs> fill your cup from this spigot. <laughs> And I just cut out the middleman. I like it. <laughs> and they pick and they and I have picked it up like on a whim, um, a while back. And then I I I bought another couple of bags since then. <laughs> they talked about me because I once we were with the one night we were podcasting. I had just brought the whole bottle, the whole bag in, and set it on my desk. <laughs> you figured. <laughs> I was not drinking from the Well, I did drink from the spigot at work. You did. I did. <laughs> the, the the downside to podcasting and having your having a refillable thing right next to you is that you don't have to get up and go refill it. So you Ooh, so that you, would be dangerous. Yeah, so I was just like refilling my cup because I was sitting here. Yeah, so I was pretty uh I was feeling it, shall we say, by the time we finished. <clears throat> I learned my lesson, I don't do that anymore. I know. She just asked me if she could have some of my water. I was like, no, go away. Oh. <laughs> I'm I want this water. That's mommy's water. <laughs> well, and I'm sticking to my tried and true, so I've got hard cider. Because uh, I like my apple ciders. Nice. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> got a lot of fun talking. All right. News. 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 My first piece of news is apparently there was um, like an esports uh, federation tournament um, in oh where was it Finland? Wait, Finland. It was Finland. 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 Yes. Yeah. And um, one of them was Hearthstone, and they basically forbid women from entering the Hearthstone tournament. Um, because I heard it, about this today. It was like, it was yeah. quote, they wanted to promote esports as a legitimate sport. But, and then the, the weird thing Of course not. And then they, the weird thing was that they had, they like have certain titles that were like, women can compete in these certain titles, and then like the men compete in these certain titles. It was really weird. What were the um, titles that they were allowed to compete in? It said Starcraft the, the was open for Starcraft two, Starcraft yeah. two, and Tekken Tag Tournament two, which is like I don't even know how they like decided. Oh, the men get Dota two, Starcraft two, Hearthstone, and Ultra Street Fighter four, and, and women, women get, get Tekken, and Starcraft. And they were like, they were like, we wanted to make it. We wanted to make real like we want esports to be like real sports. So you know, we divided by gender. But then it's like that's not a point in like the thing in video games is that's not an issue. Like right. there's no difference. Physicality involved. So yeah. like it doesn't matter. Like they could be totally on equal footing. Um, and then they said something. I don't know. I I don't even know. It was it's very confusing. Maybe. Kale and, Kale and I were talking about that actually um, because the international sport. Uh, International Esports Foundation is founded in South Korea, mm -hmm. um, and we were both really surprised that Finland was hosting a tournament like this. But this is a qualifier for the main, yeah, um, the main thing. So they probably are not the source of the gender split. 
They so, are. Yeah, that's they, what they said. They said it was that it was the larger uh, esports yeah. organization that's hosting yeah. the main tournament. Which the is problem. Problem. I mean, the that's a huge, huge problem. But I don't think it was Finland. I think this is this is something that's based in South Korea. Um, the which, problem too is that yeah. it was like they said that it's it was like a it's a qualifier, and they said it's the main tournament is open to male players only. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. therein is the problem is like they didn't want in this Finnish version to like have the women beat a male player and then like advance and then they can't advance because it's a male only competition in the later ones and it's like well right. that's the problem right there like <laughs> yeah that's it's the whole reason why if they knew that if a female competitor managed to win and was moved forward she wouldn't be able to move forward mm -hmm. um, so they they were forced to exclude but that's that's a very that's a huge issue right now right so the you know in my mind the big question is why even participate Mm -hmm. If you know, and because they, they said, well, you know, as you know, as a Finnish organization, we've been fighting for you know equality of you know for right. for women uh, esports athletes and blah blah blah. My big question is, okay, so why are you even participating? I right? wonder if, if they're hosting if, uh, the other ones, the Tekken and uh, Street Fighter, because they might be trying to work through that. Yeah. I don't, again, it doesn't justify it at all. But yeah, you're much more forgiving than I am. <laughs> I, I was just trying I'm to old and cranky. Finland, Finland confused me. Like I'm like, wait, <laughs> randomly Finland, Finland is Finland. doing this. Like, what's happening here? I'm yeah. Normally and then, like, they're very progressive. Um, the international esports federation or whatever, like, uh, ha they actually addressed it, and they were, um, they were like. We know that esports is largely dominated by male players, and female players are actually a portion of overall player base. By hosting a female-only competition, we strive to promote female gaming on a global scale. It's like, okay, so you want to promote female gaming, and you're like, well, you can all play against each other. Yeah, we're not in the main tournament. Welcome. And then they were like, they literally like were like, oh, but chess, chess is also divided, male-female leagues, and it's like. That doesn't make it. That doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Because I think there's the op I I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not really familiar with competitive chess, but I think there's the option for women players to go into the main tournament. I don't think it's like a. Oh well, you can't go in. I know. Kind of, well, I guess the chess really is such an athletic sport. <laughs> the gender difference makes so much of a gap between the com competitors and something like chess or video games apparently I don't know but that was a w it was weird their poor um, brains might explode if they have to think too hard in chess funny quick story please do uh -huh. So we were getting ready to go to E3, and we, you know, I was in, responsible for learning a whole bunch of the Wii U games and then training other people to demo those games. So one of the games we were demoing was Smash for the Wii U, and we had one station where it was me and three uh, women players, and the station next to me was a guy and three male players. And so we're playing, and I was just cracking up because my station, all the women were like, oh, my God, you've got an item. Okay, I'm going to hold still. You try to throw it at me. Go ahead and practice your kick. 
And it was a really supportive, kind of like nice thing to see. And then at the station next to me was the guys being like, screw you, forget you, punch, 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 hit, hit, hit. And all of us were really new to Smash. And I was like, this is so funny to see how men learn and how women learn. Like, not to generalize anything, but I was like, boom, right there. That is the difference. And so actually even within Treehouse, we realized there were a lot of women who, although we work with video games, maybe weren't super comfortable with Smash. So last Friday, I gathered up all the women in Treehouse, and we had like a Smash tutorial. And I'm nice. like, this is a safe place <laughs> for women to learn this game. You're not going to get yelled at or screamed at just quite yet. Um, <laughs> I comes, really it comes after you've done the tutorial. Then it's, it's fair. After you know how to play, then you can scream and swear with the best of them. But I was really amazed at how many women within the department were even a little intimidated by playing with guys. Like, if they hadn't played the game before, they were really intimidated by the idea of playing with guys and it just kind of opened my eyes a little bit to what even people that have been like in the industry for years, like what they're facing as far as we may play a little bit differently sometimes. We definitely can learn video games differently. So is it good sometimes to split us apart and let us learn the games and then come together for something like a tournament where everyone should be at the same level? Mm -hmm. And yeah, then well, you should be. The point of a tournament is to determine levels. So I mean, yeah, exactly. it's a competition. So you can fail, and that's okay because that's part of it. That's what you're tr you're trying to see. You know, it's not a learning stage. Right. Um, different learning Ooh. styles doesn't mean a difference in in play performance once you've got that. So you once you have that competency. Once, once you have the knowledge that you know we're all at the same level. Mm -hmm. I would I would argue that the a lot of the differences in learning styles um, really are as if not more dependent on enculturation than they are on physiological or biological needs. Like there is a lot that tells our culture like you're you know you're guys you're a wimp if you have to stop and ask directions or if somebody has to explain yeah. everything to you and and I'm not going to slow down I'm just going to kick your butt when you know, when you screw something up. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that tells women, like, you can't pick on somebody who's weaker than you. You have to stop and help them. And so I think um, I think there is some, there might be some biological stuff, but I think a lot of it is culture telling us what is or is not appropriate. Yeah. Um, which is why you see a lot of uh, learning shifts in the humanities where you've had more and more women stepping up into... Uh, academic circles and pedagogical circles and a much slower change in uh, a lot of the sciences or the maths where you still have a pretty strong male dominance and the, um, uh, I'm blanking on the word, agonistic, uh, agonistic teaching style where it's all like get it right or you're out. Mm -hmm. so, so there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into the teaching part of how we play video games. Mm -hmm. But I think once it comes to a tournament, everybody should be in. Yeah, everyone's on the same level. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, well... Your, your second story was funny to me when I first heard this one. Go ahead, Sarah. Um, well, uh, the company who made the Murdered Soul Suspect, um, Airtight Games, 
uh, they closed. Um, uh, and it's only just been weeks since they released the game, uh, wow. unfortunately. Uh, so they were kind of like an independent, but they had partnered with Square Enix to make uh, Murdered Soul Suspect. Um, I mean, because I, I, I enjoy the game, but it had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily so much, like, on a, on a story level, even though it was kind of just, like, like an okay kind of story. But, um, like, there were a lot of technical issues. Like, I, hmm. ran into, I ran into, like, game-ending bugs twice within, like, 30 minutes of playing it. Um, and it was like I had gotten to a level, and, like, the option you needed to get to, like, this trigger to move on, and it just wasn't responding at all. And then when I went back and restarted and played again, I found out that not only was it, had that option frozen, but, like, in that level, the music wasn't hadn't been playing. Like, all these, like, additional things hadn't have started. And, like, right. they were pretty serious issues. And there were also, like, grammatical issues and stuff, too. So it was, like, this game hasn't been checked over very well because I found these, this, these errors, like, easily, not doing anything, like, unusual or anything. Um, so they closed down, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and they, I guess... I don't know, it's, they haven't really said anything. There has not really been an announcement. There's just, um, apparently, somebody noticed that their office space had a <laughs> sign on it that was like, office equipment blowout sale, company closing doors. And they go there wow. and they're selling all of their um, like equipment. And in there they have like their E3 accolades and stuff still in there. Oh. Um, and everything like that. So it's like... And I don't think that they have actually gotten a hold of them to get any sort of statement, and they haven't updated their website in a long time either, so there's not not really any official comment um, from them. So it's just kind of (laughs) what... But their office is definitely, like... Closing down. Based on what it's seen, like, it's closed, yeah. The studio itself is closed, too. Um, wow. So it was it was interesting because it's, it's like okay, so apparently they just like rushed that game out because they knew they were about to close or yeah, you know, yeah maybe they were on their last legs and that's why it was so horrible. That would explain it. Yeah. And it's Ran kind out of time and, to do the bug checking. And yeah. it's kind of and disappointing money. too because it was it's an interesting like concept and it was like murder mystery. Um, Horror mystery horror. kind of thing. The guy's trying to solve his own murder. Yeah, yep. yeah, and you play him as a yeah. ghost and stuff, and it's cool, and that's cool, and like, um, they've packed it with like a whole bunch of interesting like historical facts about Salem and like the witch trials and stuff like that, and that's mm-hmm. really interesting. But it did have it was really buggy, and it was kind of disappointing, especially for a game that was uh, co-produced. I don't even, I don't know what the level of involvement was, but at least published by Square Enix. It's, you know, you would expect mm. better quality and for something like that. Um, I don't know, but <laughs> it's it's an yeah, it's really unfortunate. And I guess we'll just have to see if they give any sort of word as to why. It said that they laid off they laid off employees in earlier in the year, and they were like restructuring, but they said that it was just. He said, like, it was a normal ebb and flow of game production. But hmm. considering this happened, I don't... 
don't really know if that's true, then. It was unfortunate, though, because I think the game itself was interesting, and, like, I like to see something along those lines. Maybe that's just because I really like paranormal things, and playing <laughs> a ghost is... <laughs> playing a ghost is fun, but... Yeah. Um, and then my last piece of news is that uh, EA has um, a free-to-play game called Dungeon Keeper iOS um, that they advertise as free, but in the UK they recently put in a thing um, restricting them from advertising it as free because they concluded that it was misleading because I think from what I've gotten from it, it it's one of those, like, you know, you pay, you play pay to play for additional things, but I think that for in this game there's so much that you need to like, that would help you along that you need to pay for, that like the UK has determined that you can't really call it for free because it drastically <laughs> hinders your gameplay if you don't pay. Oh wow. <laughs> so I think that's just, I think, I thought this was interesting because it's, I commentary a lot on like how the, the free to play games um, you know, you can play them for free, but are but you going to get the experience? Yeah, right. like, are you really going to be able to play, play for free? Well, I'm on, like, level 345 of Candy Crush, and I only <laughs> just hate <laughs> extra moves, because I was like, son of a gun, I was so close. <laughs> With 99 cents, and I have to go through this again. So I managed to eke out free play of Candy Crush to level 345. Oh, Very nice. nice. I, I hate, hate to admit that I am playing this, but I'm going to. Um, I'm actually kind of feeling that way about Farmville. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really feeling, because, like, there is so much that you get that they're like, you have to build this, and you can only get it by either pestering the hell out of people who don't want notices yeah, or paying us money. And it's getting to the point where I think I might, like, I just started playing this. I've never played it before. I managed to avoid it for forever, and then I finally gave in, and I'm already at the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure it's worth it, because I don't want to piss off everybody on my on my friends list. <laughs> you know, you know what my dad stuff. does. What? He, my dad got really, really into. I think it's it's Frontierville, not Farmville, but it's kind of like okay. the same thing, only same like thing. Wild mm -hmm. West. Um, and he, like, oh my god, like I've I've hovered over him while he was playing it, and his little town is ridiculous. Like <laughs> he spent so much time on it. He's been playing that for at least a year. And right. his town is just, like, crazy. But you know what he did? Because none of us... He could, yeah, because he would, like, bug us. And we were all, like, stop. And so he he started creating, like, additional Facebook accounts with, like, uh -huh. variations, variations of his name. And so he, like, shares... Yeah, like, so he... Like, his name is Jeff Nixon, and so he'll be, like, Jeff Nix, or, like, stuff like that on so, Facebook. That's so an option. Can, like, I'm just not more. sure if I'm devoted enough to bring <laughs> myself to that, but it's it's it really does hinder the gameplay. Um, yeah. Even yeah. just in in space or ability to do stuff on the game, because they give you these buildings that you can't get rid of, and you can't build them. You can't get rid of them until you finish building them, and you can't finish building them until you bug people. 
<laughs> it's yeah. really Are you playing the original Farmville or Farmville 2? Uh, Farmville 2. Yeah, that's what I've been playing. And it's like, okay, and this is kind of a funny example, but when I was a kid, I was like super into Neopets. And oh, then I remember that. I came back, I came back to Neopets like sophomore year in college and um, started playing again. And when I got on there, I realized that whereas, you know, back when I was a kid, Neopets was it was ba it was basically all free. You yeah, could it was pay free. for you could pay for certain things, but it really didn't help you that much. And only the like most devout people would ever pay. But now right. in Neopets, okay. they have like um, so many more things that you get if you pay, especially like they added like a whole bunch of clothing and like decoration and background options for your Neopets and stuff. Mm -hmm. And huh. the only the only ones worth having are things that you have to pay for. And right. then they have like beauty contests that are you know the clothing things, and you don't you can't get the nice clothing unless you pay for them. And it's just like they've just shifted really intensively into the pay, and it's just kind of right. like. Really sad because you could get the whole Neopets experience. Easy, like n really nothing. There was really little to be gained by getting like a plus membership or whatever. But now right. it's like if you don't pay to get the points to get the clothing and stuff, it's I don't know. You, get you don't nothing. get those. You don't get the nice Neopets and stuff, and it's just it's just sad. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Funny. But yes, that is it for news. All right. Um, well, well, we'll jump into chatting with uh, Stacy for a little bit longer if she's willing to bear with us for a few more minutes. Um, so, Sarah, would you like to do an introduction of of Stacy for me, please? Okay. Um, I'll just read what you sent over for me. So, as I mentioned before, Stacy is a localization editor at Nintendo. Um, she started her career in broadcast journalism, but realized that wasn't really fun enough. So she went to work for Jerry Springer Show, which was too much fun. Then she went to L.A. and wrote television for a while. But she didn't want to raise kids in L.A., so she moved to Seattle. And then she got her best job ever at Nintendo, and she plans on staying there forever. <laughs> awesome. That sounds about right. Which That's I would, too, if I, if I worked for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think my dire question, um, as a person who has forever wanted to go there, um, you recently got the opportunity to attend E3, so I wanted to know just like general what the experience was like, and also kind of a side note, um, do you think that female developers were uh, sort of like properly represented at the event, or how well was the good? Well, was the showing? <laughs> wow, I can say that I didn't meet a single female developer oh, during, wow. during my time there. Yeah, I didn't meet a single female developer. So um, I was on the sort of like lower end side. I wasn't going representing Treehouse for Treehouse Live or anything like that. Like I was just mm -hmm. going as a demonstrator, which um, I was super excited about because it was my first E3. 
I've been at Nintendo for five years, but um, I was a contractor for the first year, and then I kept getting pregnant. <laughs> so every time like an E3 came up, they're like, do you want to go? And I was like, oh, I'm having a baby. I can't right now. <laughs> oh. Next year. And so finally it worked out this year that no babies, and, you know, I didn't have any crazy projects on my schedule, so they're like, let's get you out to E3. So uh, before E3, I had about two to three weeks of learning the games, and I was going to be stationed in the VIP area at one booth where we would have a Wii U system and all the Wii U games on that system. So I had Bayonetta 1-2, I had Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U, I had Yoshi's Woolly World, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, um, Mario Maker, which ended up being super popular. Um, what else? What is it? Oh, Mario Party 10. So a whole bunch of different games, which it was fantastic. Just that lead up to E3, I got to work late and spend time just playing games, which, although is the most fun part of my job, that's actually not the biggest part of my job. Like, it ends up being more project management than anything mm -hmm. else. Right. Uh, just getting this title from Japan shipped out from the US like tight schedules and a lot of communication with developers but this was like the fun part just like really getting to know the game and um, playing playing the game and then traveling down and actually working with people from Nintendo from different departments as I mentioned before I'm in Treehouse so we're really locked away from the other people in Nintendo. I mean, we go down the cafeteria, we see everyone, but in our office itself, we're kind of self-contained. So it was really cool getting to know other people from other departments, and everyone was just so gung-ho. Like, if you could imagine Nintendo, like, we are all super happy and friendly and nice. Uh, <laughs> which kind of blows my mind. I think they really hire at Nintendo to make sure that you fit in with this super friendly, happy, nice personality um, that goes along with the whole Nintendo image. So getting to know other people that I, you know, didn't get to see too often was great. And then I was in the VIP area, so I got to meet Conan O'Brien, which was super cool. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, when he did like, the... Oh, you're awesome! And he's like, I know. <laughs> when he did the... The video um, of him playing when he yeah. did the playing of the yeah, that was funny. I was like right in the background. I was like, hi, oh, oh, that's cool. Um, but then I got to demo too. I don't know if you guys know him, but Joe Manganiello from True Blood. Anyone? Um, Is uh, which character? Blood. Uh, I don't know because I don't actually watch True Blood. But he was in Magic Mike. He was the fireman. Magic Mike. <laughs> How I Unfortunately, I well, him. maybe fortunately, I haven't seen that one, but I have watched True Blood. I just don't know the actors' names. I think oh, it's a werewolfy guy. Google him. He's oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he's yellow. <laughs> Sorry. Now, are you looking at him now? Yeah. No, I remember the character. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he was really pretty, and that was really fun. And then um, Felicia Day. I got to demo to Felicia Day, and oh. she was doing a podcast with her brother. So that was super duper cool. Oh. Um, for the most part, it was just three hours of standing there for like 12 hours, or three days of standing there for 12 hours a day and just showing people over and over and over how to play these games and actually mm -hmm. getting to see their reaction of like, 
oh my god, this is the cutest thing I've ever played. <laughs> and the thing that I came that I came back with was that people thought Nintendo games were fun. Yeah. Like there's shooters and there's drama and there's this, this and that, but when it all boils down to video games being fun, I think that's what Nintendo does so well. And doing Treehouse Live this year, if any of you guys caught it, just shows like our actual mm -hmm. localization writers and editors and translators. And we're the ones that work closely with the game. So to see those people just talk about the game, like not PR people, not salespeople, just people who really work with the games and love playing games, I'm so happy that the rest of the world was able to see, you know, just what our normal days are like. How cool. So yeah, E3 was great, and it was exhausting, and there was a lot of partying going on afterward. <laughs> um, it, was a really, it was a really professionally well put together team, and it was really nice to sort of, I mean, I know there aren't awards for this, but I, I felt a little bit like Nintendo won E3 this year. You know, we got <laughs> we got everyone talking about us, you know, for Treehouse Live and, you know, sm the Smash tournament, which was amazing. So it was really nice to be a part of the Nintendo crew this specific year. Oh, that's awesome. I just have to say that I I don't have a Wii U, but the Yoshi's Yarn game, oh, that's so cute. I some guy was playing it and he was like, "So wait, so this gamepad thing, does this come with the Wii U?" And I was like, "Yes, that's part <laughs> of the system." And he was like, "So if I buy this and I buy this, then I can play this game?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> you can." And he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go buy your Wii U. Bye." Sold. <laughs> okay <laughs> then. <laughs> Um, if you don't have a Wii U right now, just go ahead and get it. You know, you have Mario Kart 8, you've got Smash coming. I've been telling her the same oh, thing for like I a know. month. I know. I know that we're... And 2 coming out this October, so... I know. Because <laughs> we, like, we played, we played um, yeah, Mario Kart 8 together, and it was like... I want this game, but like, <laughs> I was like, Wii U, I was like, eh, I was like, oh, but this is like the only game right now that I want, but then it's like Smash Bros, like I had intended to get for 3DS, uh, but my fiance really likes Nintendo, and he was like, why don't you just get the Wii U, because then you can only, you only have to get one copy, because if you get the 3DS ones, you have to get two copies so we can play together, it's like, point. yeah, that's true, but then it's like, <laughs> you, I don't know. <laughs> The price, the price is probably the difficult I, for me, but it's I know, and it's 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 an investment for anyone. I remember when I bought my 360 and my Connect, I was like, okay, I'm doing this for work-related purposes. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, the competition, the yeah, competition, right? Competition. Yeah, I want me to be playing these things. So, um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling that these things are quite the investment, but they're, I mean, they're what we do. So, right? Yeah. And I think the next year and a half, especially, is going to be so huge for what the Wii U is going to be producing. That yeah. Platoon. Why don't you say? Oh, God, it was Splatoon. nice because. What? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. No, Splatoon. I I Splatoon. Splatoon. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm waiting for that one. Yeah, I, I do think that um, whereas it was like the Wii U was it was slow to get off, um, but I think that now like with what they have shown coming out, there's like a lot that now coming out 
um, that makes the Wii U more worth it than it has been. Not, no offense to Nintendo or anything. (laughs) I think Nintendo, you know, definitely saw that, and so they really used this E3 as a chance to showcase what will be coming out and knowing that the Wii U still has a really long life cycle ahead of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the games that I've played off of Wii U, um, they've mostly been multiplayer uh, like mini game type things, and they've been a blast. Like I've I've loved. We did that during um, the Extra Life tournament, um, which was amazing. Uh, our friend Tony brought his system over, and we set it up with a projector and just did like a round cycle of people going through and playing it for twenty four <laughs> 24 hours. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> it was you know you love it. I oh I'm not denying that it was amazing, um, but. Yeah, so I, I've really loved it. Um, I know eventually I will have to. I'll have to invest in it. Right now, I'm. Uh, it make it get moving to the 3DS was about the, the all that my bank account could handle. Um, but we'll 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 see we'll see what happens next. <laughs> well, as long as you have a 3DS too. 3DS. Yeah, I, have the, I have the 3DS. I'm I'm moving in the right direction. <laughs> There's actually I can throw out a, a shout out for a game that I just finished working on, which was Fantasy Life. Um, okay. I know they talked a little bit about that um, at E3, but if you like RPGs, this is a crazy JRPG. Oh, it is. Yeah. I think they're um, like imagine just like a regular RPG where you have a life as like a tailor or a wizard or a mercenary. But in this game, you end up playing all those lives and getting all those skills and being able to do a lot more with that. So it is very big. If you want a game to it's a really amazing game. Hmm. When's that coming out, do you know? I don't know offhand. Check Nintendo.com for more information. (laughs) (laughs) That's my patent for everything. (laughs) Just every day when you wake up, go to Nintendo.com to see what else is new. Uh, New mission in life. (laughs) October. October 2014. Oh, October. Great. There you go. Mm Sarah, you got another question? Um, I do, but do you want to take shoot a question? You know, I I do. This is this is the um, the the teacher in me who is who is constantly dealing with um, previously just with undergrads that <clears throat> are interested in games and game studies, but now I mean, it's previously just grad students, right? Mm-hmm. But now with undergrads that are interested in games and game studies, so. <clears throat> Can you tell us one? It's a two-part question. What kind of officially is your educational background, um, and and you know that you think kind of helped prepare you for your job um, as a localization writer and editor? Um, and two, what unofficially do you think educationally was the most important thing um, to prepare you for your job? Those are great questions. Um, oh, hey, my- thank you. Official education is I have my um, undergraduate in rhetoric in creative writing. Oh, Ooh. hold on. We're going to give a really quick shout out to my little daughter, Lucy, who wants to say goodnight to everyone. Can I have a smoke? Good night, Lucy. Good night. Good night. 
video game ladies. All right, we're talking about. <laughs> All right, I love you. Go to bed. Shoot. Go. Go. Um. <laughs> so what was I saying? Oh, okay. So I have my undergraduate in rhetoric, which is like sort of a mix of creative writing and debate. I sort of made up my own. Um my own major and minor when I was in college because they didn't really have what I wanted to do. And then I was going to graduate from college with this degree in writing and no joke, my dad was like, you're never going to get a job. Like, what are you going to do for a job? And I'm like, I don't know, be a writer? And he was like, no, you need continuing education. He's like, go um, go be a journalist. Because I was a, I, I wrote for the school newspaper. I went to University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Um, and I was a movie reviewer for the Daily Illini, which is what um, Roger Ebert did. Mm. And so I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go into entertainment writing or movie writing. And my dad's like, no, journalism. Journalism's where it's <laughs> at. And so I spend tens of thousands of dollars on a journalism degree from Northwestern. Uh, which was a great place to learn journalism, but it's a very expensive degree. <laughs> and I can't say that I needed it. Um, I think if anyone is interested in continuing education, it's one of the most amazing things in the world. If you have the time and the money to spend on your education, do it. If you don't, you'd be surprised <laughs> at how easily you can actually jump into a career um, by knowing the right people or the, the right questions to ask, the right places to go. And also, mm -hmm. if you're willing to start at the very, very bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, I did journalism, TV journalism for a while. Uh, I ended up going to the Jerry Springer show because they offered me a lot of money, like <laughs> a crazy amount of money. And so I sold my soul a little bit for that and got into um, entertainment television. And I think that that was probably the best lesson I could have gotten in like television and production and how entertainment works. Um, I didn't last too long there. It was a really intense, really crazy, really soul-stripping job. I imagine. It was, yeah, Sarah, you and I talked about this a little bit. It was really, it was not the kind of person I wanted to be, the kind mm -hmm. of person that could make their career of this. So I was like, I'm going to take what I've learned and I started from the bottom. Like, I started again as a pharmacy technician at Sam's Club. Like, working in the pharmacy at, like, a Costco Sam's Club to earn the money to go to L.A. Because um, I decided I wanted to do TV writing, which was the choice I should have made as soon as I graduated from college. Uh, and so I earned, you know, a couple thousand dollars and took my car and drove out to L.A. with no plans, no friends, no nothing. And I was maybe 23, 24. And I feel like that's what I should have done the second I graduated from college. I was like, I should have just jumped into this. But I'll never regret any of my continuing education. It was really amazing. Um, but I moved out to L.A. and I started as a production assistant, like the lowest job, getting coffee for people. And people are like, you have a master's degree. And I'm like, I don't care. Do you want creaming your coffee? <laughs> coffee for the next year. And during that time, I was learning the script writing software. I was learning a final, final draft. Is that what it was called? Yes. Uh, which is a really great script writing uh, tool if anyone needs it. So I was learning final draft. I was learning more about the show I was working on. 
and I decided to take the writer's assistant's job. I was like, you suck at your job. I'm going to take your job for the season. And I did. I, like, talked to the bosses. Like, I think sometimes as women, we think that the work we do is going to speak for itself, and it doesn't. Like, you have to be the person who speaks for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so say, hey, I learned this software. I learned how to do this. I'm better than your current person at this job, and my bosses fired him, and they hired me. Wow. <laughs> and, which was great, and it was a really crazy... I was working for a Comedy Central show called Drawn Together. I don't know if anyone oh, yeah. remembers it. Oh, yeah. Like, it was like South Park, but even grosser and raunchier. And I was the only woman in the office. Like, it was a big table of, like, 12 professional male comedy writers and me at the table typing up everyone's notes. Wow. And I really tried to make myself stand out. Like, I would swear with them, and we'd go out drinking and, you know, really sort of left a lady at the door um, Mm -hmm. to really get in with this group of guys. And it gave me a really great look at what guys are like when they're in a group all by themselves. Like, we know what girls are like when they're in a group by themselves. But guys, when they're in a group by themselves, are surprisingly unsurprising. They're just guys. Um, (laughs) But I think that that was probably... If we go back to your original question, Sam, and talk about what education was necessary, any sort of a formal writing education. Like, your parents are going to say it's a worthless degree to get a degree in writing, and you tell them, no, there aren't enough good writers in the world. Like, what we can do is an amazing skill. Um, Grammar, spelling, context, syntax, all of that is something that not everyone can do, and they need Mm -hmm. people who are good at that. So if you like to write, study writing, and there are a million jobs for writers out there. Uh, including video games. But if you just like to write, like, go do something crazy with that. There are a lot of things you can do with good writing skills. Um, as far as... There's advertising, uh, commercials, and brochures for pretty much any company you can think of. and Any major company you can think of has someone who needs to write good PR. Like, if you're good at that, there are jobs in writing all over the place. Um, but as far as non formal education skills, I think one of my number one things that got me hired at Nintendo was the fact that I had worked together with big groups of writers. Mm-hmm. Um, for Drawn Together, it was sitting around a, a table with ten other writers, and one person would make a joke, and three other people would try to top that joke and make it even <laughs> better. And that's a lot what we do in localization. Like, we have great text... But what can we do to make it even better? What can we do to give it that special Nintendo polish, that cheeky sense of humor that only Nintendo has with some of their games? Um, So I definitely think learning how to work with other people uh, was a huge benefit, but just definitely focus on your writing. Nice. Cool. That's a great answer in that. (laughs) And thank you for answering it in a way that makes that makes that makes uh, I think our jobs as writing teachers a whole lot easier. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I think it's so it's so unappreciated, and especially in this world of texting, where we're all like, "You are forever," you know. I mean, we don't use full 
sentences anymore or commas or anything, like I make it a point. My Facebook posts, my tweets, everything. Grammatically correct. No. That's Me too. A, I'll still have to work on <laughs> I type I, I I like text in complete sentences. Yes. Like I just can't like I just can't. Not it's I don't know, it's like a compulsion. It just doesn't yeah. seem no, right no. if I don't text in complete it, it's sentences. Slightly painful not to. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is a physical twinge. It's like I need to capitalize this. Like it's just not right if I don't capitalize the first letter. <laughs> Even like that, yeah. Um I think I'm gonna steal some of Alex's questions actually. Because she had it on air, but she's not here. Um I assume car issue. Um but uh I like this one. Um do you did you follow the number one reason why hashtag on Twitter um, when it especially when it was really popular and uh, did you respond to it or did you add anything to it or anything or what even just what your general thoughts on were on it? I don't know what we're talking about. What is this? Number one reason why what? <laughs> um, I can't remember. <laughs> When? It was in it was in 2012 when it when it first hit. Um, there was a, a a guy who was um, he worked for Kickstarter actually, um, and he had he had tweeted uh, a question: Why aren't there more women devs in the games industry? Um, and what happened next was several days of thousands of women in the games industry sending thousands of tweets about the number one reason why, first, there weren't more women in the games industry. Um, and then there it's kind of spun off next to number one reason to be, which was... Uh, here's the number one reason to be in the games industry even though it is so difficult. Wow. Um, and then after that it spun off again into number one mentors, uh, which was kind of this online social media mentorship thing that um, that started where women who were working in the industry um, agreed to um, or volunteered to mentor um, women who were just starting in the industry or women who were trying to get into the industry. So it was really kind of this phenomenal thing that kind of came out of this question that I don't know that was wholly serious in the first place, but this guy just asking, why aren't there more women devs um, in the industry um, that kind of started this this whole movement. Now, all right, I just got the, uh, the thing that you sent me um, and had a glance at that. If if I was responding right now on Twitter to that question, why there aren't many, it would be the same that I think a lot of other women are saying, is that there aren't many women in the industry. I don't want to work in an industry with all guys. Like, I did that on Drawn Together, and while it was interesting, it was lonely, and it was exhausting, and I kind of felt like I had to put on this different persona that wasn't me. I had to fit in with the guys, as opposed to letting the guys see who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a conscious choice. That was a, that was a conscious choice to say, you know, I, I didn't dress sexy at the office. I didn't try to do my hair or makeup or dress sexy because I was like, I don't want to deal with that working with a group of guys. I want them to 
take me on their level. Um, and definitely the same thing at Nintendo. We are seeing, like within Treehouse, um, more and more women get hired. Uh, there are right now three female writers out of, God, I want to say, 10, 12. So we're starting to get more and more represented, but it's still, of course, not fully represented. But one thing that I noticed, as I mentioned earlier when I was talking about getting together the group of women to learn how to play Smash, is I think the best thing that women can do is support other women in this mm -hmm. um, to really take it upon yourselves to be a mentor, even when you're not asked, <laughs> um, but to encourage other women to get into it because if no one is encouraging women to get into it, no matter how much they love video gaming, they're going to think it's this thing that's outside their reach. Like when I right. thought about moving to LA and being a TV writer, I'm like, oh no, only special important people get to move out to LA and try to do these things when the truth is everyone is open to do these things. Everyone's allowed to do these things. But if you can take under your wing another woman that you're working with, that's going to be the most valuable thing you can do for the industry. And I think sometimes women can be actually like a little more gun shy of other women because we know guys aren't guys are going to judge us. We already know what guys are going to judge us for. <laughs> we don't know what women are going to judge us for. And women can be really judgmental. I know that I am. And I'm actually doing the mentoring program at Nintendo right now, which is fantastic. I'm a mentee, and I have an amazing mentor. Um, but I'm learning more and more through this about how not to judge people, like how not mm. to take that very first thing you see when you meet someone and say, well, that's their personality, that's the way I'm going to deal with them now, is that you actually have to give people a lot of different chances to really get to know them. And so right now my personal goal, and one of the reasons why I was so happy to appear on this podcast, is to talk and convince more women to join the gaming industry. It's amazing, and I think that as soon as we start really focusing on not just the other games that women can play, like, oh, you can play the same games as these guys, but also try to find the games that women really want to play. You know, are we picking these games as our favorite because they're the only ones available to us? Or are there actually more games out there that women would prefer playing, but no women have developed them yet? So mm -hmm. we're going to get even better games for women the more women who are in the industry. Yeah. Definitely. That's an awesome answer. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm 37, and I really hadn't thought all that much about, you know, sexism within, within the industry or the difference between men and women because it really hadn't hit me all that much. And as I'm getting older, and I'm having to start to explain to my daughter, like my three-year-old, like she was playing... Now, this is a sound awful. She was playing with my keychain, and she was blowing on my rape whistle. <laughs> like, oh, God, oh, one of these days I'm going to have to explain to you that that's not just a fun whistle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mama's rape whistle. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, and it'll, it'll get even more interesting as she gets older because, um, you know, it's like 
I and, and you know just like short story right I made a conscious decision early on um, not to allow Disney princesses in my house mm -hmm. um, until I felt that my daughter was old enough to talk about some of the issues that exist within kind of Disney films um, and so it was just so you know we had seen some of the some of the early ones or as she says they're not Disney princesses they're Pixar princesses like we had seen Brave yeah. um, when it came out um, but this was the first year that we actually started to watch any of the Disney princesses so we watched um, the first one we watched was Snow White um, the first like original Disney princess. We had seen the princess and the frog. It was kind of iffy in my book, but we had seen the princess and the frog. So, but we saw Snow White. Um, and it wasn't until she said, she's like, I don't get it with these Disney princesses. Why are they always running and screaming and looking for somebody to save them? Why can't they just fight for themselves and save themselves? That I really made me ask you that question. That is like, wonderful. You're doing right that she asked you that question. And, it, and that was that thing for me that went, okay, people thought I was crazy all along for saying, no, she can't, we don't do Disney, she can't have Disney, we're not going to do this. Um, but just for her to get to the point that at, she was five at the time that she asked that question, right, and she made that, that connection, and she was at a point that, you know, she didn't internalized that oh I should run and scream and look for look for a boy to save me but for her to say why can't she save herself you know so it's that kind of thing so yeah I mean it, especially it becomes like like you said it's once you become a parent that not to say that this only happens for parents but I think that it happened for me as a parent um, you you start to make these different kinds of realizations like yeah dead kids in, in movies and games aren't funny anymore. Um, they're not only not funny, but they're upsetting, right? And then it's like, yeah, you have to make conscious decisions. It's like, no, Disney princesses are not okay. Um, and I, I want, you know, I want to say, you know, I want, I want you to understand why I say, well, wait. Um, you know, so even before I got a chance to explain to her about Snow White, she's like, I, I don't get this. Why is this? Why is she this chick running? Yeah, why is she running through the woods screaming? Why can't she fight for herself? And why is she looking for a guy to save her? Why does a guy always have to save her? Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm totally with you in terms of in terms of understanding that. Well, if it helps Frozen, the girls save each other. So yes, <laughs> yes, we we have seen Frozen, <laughs> um, and I was, I was very happy when um, Hans turned out to be an asshole. Oh yes. Yeah, right. That, that was nice. <laughs> I I do have to say I'm kind of very upset at Disney right now because they are they are copy pasting their female character they faces. Are. It was like Rapunzel to Anna and Elsa, Elsa who who look exactly like her mother their mother and apparently got no traits from their dad at all. To yeah. Well, now, they're, they're, yeah they're I don't know if you've seen if you've else. seen um the pictures for. Big Hero Six, that's what it's called, right? Um, yeah. It's supposed to be set in Tokyo and or somewhere in Japan, and there's one character who looks just exactly like Rapunzel, and it's like, <laughs> and she's supposed to be Japanese. I think which she's is supposed to be Japanese, and it's like she's like looks exactly like Rapunzel, and there's another character who does look like a Japanese woman, so it's like really confusing. 
And it, it yeah, it's just like to me. Well, that's that's not new. That's not new. I mean, they've been doing they've been doing that kind of Americanization of oh, yeah. of non-American characters for a long time. I mean, even if you think back to Aladdin, they used Michael J. Fox as the as the uh, character model for Aladdin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I think it was more more also disappointing that it was just like they literally just look like they have copy pasted reusing designs from Tangled to Frozen to now the Big Hero Six. And it's just like <laughs> Disney. <laughs> I'm gonna copy the link into the chat of this character. No, I wanna see this. Uh, I That's question the, their the their name and her name is Honey Lemon. Even better. Yes, but it's but it is from a comic. It is from a source. So the Honey yeah. Lemon part is actually pre-existing. So we can't blame we can't blame Disney for that one. I think she yeah. looks a lot different from what I've heard in the comic. Uh, yeah. Though in the comic, I will say it is a little bit difficult to tell sometimes that she's Japanese. She dyes her hair blonde. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they said that she wears contacts too. But still, you should yeah. still... But the funny thing, because I saw a post on Tumblr, was like, was like, yeah, they're like, oh, but she dyes her hair blonde, and she wears contacts. And then people posted, like, links of, like, I think it was Japanese celebrities who dye their hair blonde, and it was like, still doesn't look... They're still very different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I will say the source art really was bad about whitewashing, too. So that's not a, mm. a Disney faux pas only, but it is it is a copy paste job. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh. All right, um, Jen, did you have a question or want to want to bounce again? You know, I've I was just wondering, what is your favorite game that you've worked on so far? Yeah, Ooh, good, good question. question. Ooh, that is a good question. I've got to say my favorite game that I've worked on so far was the original Style Savvy. Um, I don't know which of you have played that, but it's so funny because we're here we are talking about like women in gaming and I'm like, ah, it's such a fun girl game. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I like girl games. I like all and kinds you know of what? damn it, there's no reason why not to like girl games. Um <laughs> But no, I um, when I first applied for the job, this I think I told this to Sarah, which this is if any of you out there are interested in interviewing, if you're going to be looking for a job soon, here is a clue. Uh, I found out that I was going to be interviewing with the person who is now actually my manager. And so I Googled that person, and I found that person's Facebook page, and I like read all about that person. And so when we were having our interview, and he said, well, what TV shows do you like? I was like, oh, well, I know what TV shows you like. <laughs> and just by coincidence, we happened to share a passion for Doctor Who. Oh. So I was like, oh, well, let oh, me tell you a little bit about doesn't like Doctor Who, really. And I think, well, this was like five, six years ago, so not everyone at that point liked Doctor Who. And <laughs> It's completely lit up. And I was like, this is what we need to do. Like, find out the person you were interviewing with and be sneaky. Like, see, <laughs> figure out ways to get in good with them. Um, and by the end of this interview, he was like, 
you haven't seen Venture Brothers yet? I'm going to run to my computer and, like, burn you a disc of Venture Brothers Season 1 and then give it to you. And I was like, I think I have the job. <laughs> I think I have the job. Um, no, I was really, when I first applied for the job, I was a contract writer for Style Savvy, and um, all I knew was that it was a fashion game, and they needed people who knew about fashion. And I had done an internship with Reuters Television in Paris, and I got to cover the Paris fashion shows. And I had no experience with fashion, but I got to do this week of covering it, and I got a, a week of writing articles about it. And so when I was able to give that to um, the hiring managers, you know, it just looked good. Like, I don't really know anything about fashion, but it looked like I knew something about fashion. And I happened to get, um, the guy who was the lead writer on that project is one of our best writers in Treehouse, and he was the one who just schooled me on localization, on how if there is a message that you see repeatedly, like every time you go back to the title screen, you're going to see this message, or every time you go back to the main menu, you'll see this message. Well, you know what? Make that message really bland and boring because people are going to see it a million times. But if you have a message that people are only going to see once per game, like throw all your characterization and love into that one message because people aren't going to, people are just going to see it once. So that's where you concentrate. So it needs to be memorable. So it needs to be memorable. But if you make those really common messages memorable, people will remember seeing it and be like, oh, God, this message again. Oh, God, I hate seeing this message. Mm -hmm. So it was little things like that that he taught us, um, like about how to really come up with the character's voice before you write them. Like let's say you're doing in style savvy style, style savvy for example like there might be a character who is from a certain district of Japan and so he talks like this well we have to work with the translators to say what would be a cultural equivalent of mm. someone being from the Harajuku district and they're like okay well that would actually be sort of a club girl or you know a southern farmer or something like that so we would have to try to find those cultural equivalents mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was a team of contractors that none of us had ever really written for video games before, but we all loved video games. And so it was just a really amazing experience learning how localization worked. Um, I think the original Style Savvy had something like six Harry Potter novels worth of text in it. Wow. So wow. that's how... <laughs> Hold on, Lucy has something really important to tell us. What is it? It better be about video games. Um, my favorite is Mario. She says her favorite in Nintendo is Mario. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Can you give me a smooch and say goodnight to everyone? Alright, night night everyone. Night night Lucy. Hey. Night Lucy. Alright, shoot. So yeah, if you haven't played Style Savvy, pick it up. That was for the DSi. And I was actually the lead writer for Style Savvy 2, Style Savvy Trendsetters, which came out a couple of years ago. So, yeah. Very cool. Nice. Okay. Um, 
I got one question. I don't know if anyone else has questions because I think mine is a kind of a, a wrap-up question. But does anybody else have questions? I think I'm good. I do want a quick question. What's what's your favorite character in Animal Crossing: New Leaf? Ooh. <laughs> no, that's a really great question. That My is. Favorite character in Animal Crossing: New Leaf has got to be Gracie Grace. Uh. <laughs> Not just because I wrote Gracie Grace, but I really do think that she's just sassy pants enough. You don't see her all the time, but when you do get to see her, hopefully she's giving you just the perfect amount of sass. Not making you cry, but making you feel a little bit bad about yourself for dressing so poorly. I, just, I like I like when you when you're in her store and you look at the item and you're like, No, I don't want it and she's like, Well I can see that this sense of style is above you or something like that. And I, just <laughs> I think there are times where she's like, You you can't buy those. I don't want you to buy them. <laughs> She's the Cordelia of Chase uh, of uh, yeah, right. Dressing. She's totally Cordelia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to think back to whether or not you answered this question earlier. I don't think you did, so I'm going to ask it again. So we know that Lucy's favorite Nintendo character is Mario. <laughs> Right. See, and this was this was like Sarah tried to steal my fire here, uh, <laughs> and and I kind of disclosed who my favorite Nintendo character was with my T-shirt tonight. Uh, your favorite Nintendo character? Uh, my favorite Nintendo character, and Lord help me if we don't make her a game soon, is Princess Daisy. Oh. I think there's a lot of. Daisy. I think there's a lot that Princess Daisy could do. We haven't mm -hmm. given her much of a choice, but much of a chance. But she's not. She's not like your typical princess. I don't think. I think she's more of a you know tomboy. And I think that you know if Peach could have a game where she saves everyone else, then Daisy could have something similar. So I'd like. I'd like to see that. Bowser Jr. Better game. I have a special spot in my heart for Bowser Jr. Yeah, the, Daisy the, the baby more badass than Peach to me. We should yeah, have a, should a, have a we should have a princess game where they have Daisy Peach and Rosalina. No uh, kidding. Then oh, that yeah, would be awesome. They could party up and do. It should be an RPG. They could party up and do adventures. Share that. That'd be Cheers. fun. Oh my Reggie, gosh. Can we have <laughs> I will go talk to Reggie tomorrow and be like Reggie. I got your plan. <laughs> you gotta do this. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. That would be fun. I w I would buy a copy of that for every for every kid I know. <laughs> I will make sure it comes I'd up. I buy a copy of that for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Of well, course, that's a given. A little bit more about their background, you know. Yeah. I love I love story in video games. And Same. I would love to, to find out more about hmm. Princess Daisy's background and, you know, what is she up to with Luigi and <laughs> what's going on there? <laughs> awesome. Wow. Stacey, you have been a blast. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. 
So um, we'll run through our our the our ending stuff very quickly. Um, so yeah, again, thank you, Stacy, for joining us for episode eighty-one. Oh, wow, it's been eighty-one episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Um, and uh, for for people who want to contact us, you can contact us in all the normal ways, right? You can send us email at nymgamer at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Facebook. Just look for Not Your Mama's Gamer. Uh, if uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at at nymgamer, um, or if Twitter and Facebook and email are not your thing, um, you can always follow us on Tumblr at nymgamer.tumblr.com. dot dot com. Um, and those are all the, well, not all the myriad of ways you can contact us because you can also use those nice little handy applets um, and send us a voicemail um, via our website, which is nymgamer.com, uh, or on the top of our Facebook page. You can also click that little speak icon and send us voicemail. And guess what? We answer voicemails and emails and video mails. We answer all of the above, and we look forward to those things. Um, so, I think until next time, um, we would like to say, as always, stay cool, stay dry if you're in the Midwest, and as always, folks, game on. Game on. <laughs> game on. <laughs>